It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are one game into week six of the NFL season. Much more on that in a bit. But first, let's take a look at some of the biggest matchups Sunday. Starting with the undefeated 49ers headed to Cleveland. P.J. Walker at quarterback for the Browns. R.C.? Listen, I'm not worried about P.J. Walker. To me, it's about defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz versus Kyle Shanahan, the mastermind of the San Francisco 49ers offense. We've seen a team bring the pressure the same way the Cleveland Browns do, and that was the New York Giants, and Brock Purdy absolutely ate them up. What will Jim Schwartz have up his sleeves to put pressure on the young QB, and how will Kyle Shanahan dial it up to allow his playmakers to make plays on the outside and his young quarterback to continue to be relevant? Yeah, I'm going Lions and Tampa Bay, and we're going to see what this battle in the trenches uh, resolves in this game. You talk about the Detroit Lions, they running it successfully with David Montgomery and the best in the middle in Vita Vea and this defense with two linebackers that fly around in Tampa. The run game is critical for what Detroit likes to do as a whole offense, and Tampa doesn't like to give up a lot of yards on the ground. It's a match made in heaven for trench guys. Philly still is the best sports town in America right now. Congratulations to Phillies moving on. I want to see Philly's offensive line versus the Jets' defensive line. And maybe not just one singular matchup of a Kelsey versus like a Quinn and Williams, but the waves of people that the Jets' defensive line can bring in. There's really not a drop-off in talent. They are going against the best offensive line in football, one that gives their quarterback at a ton of time and changes the line of scrimmage. Whoever wins that matchup is going to win the game. Hey, how about the Seahawks? They're riding a three-game winning streak. They're visiting Cincinnati. The Hawks are 2-0 on the road this season. We know Joe Burrow's coming off his season high and passing yards and touchdowns. Jamar Chase's best game of the season, two, three touchdown catches. This starts a string of three tough matchups, though, for the Bengals. They have San Fran and Buffalo coming up after that bye as we welcome you to a Friday the 13th edition of NFL Live. Hannah Storm with Dan Orlowski, Marcus Spears, and Ryan Clark. I was unaware that it's the 13th. I know. Is that, you were unaware? I do not you do didn't know? Scary. Ooh, it's not really scary as much as unlucky, right, Friday the 13th? All right, we shall Freddy see you in the Kruger. next hour. Freddy Krueger. You look like him. <laughs> We're going to start with week that six. That was Jason Voorhees. Okay. It was Jason Voorhees. <laughs> the Chiefs undefeated in the Taylor Swift era. Yes, of course she was there to see her good friend, Travis Kelsey, sitting there with Mama Donna. And Kelsey had a great game. Russell Wilson did not. This is just a terrible interception off the bat. This is a great job by the underneath defenders for Kansas City being responsible with the role of the defenses. Fantastic vision for the quarterback. Meanwhile, Mahomes to Kelsey, who had nine receptions for 124 yards, Dan. I feel like that throw is out of this world good, and it just gets glossed over how incredible of that throw and catch between Mahomes and Kelsey. And don't gloss over Taylor and Brittany Mahomes there. Come on, here's Mahomes. Finding Kadarius. To yes, that's who that was. They're buddies. Don't you read the tabloids? 
Okay. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, Broncos first and 10 of the 20 acres. Wilson again. Tipped and picked off. Smart defense. They're bringing all out pressure, meaning blitzers and man coverage. If you're not going to get there, bat the ball up. Chiefs win 19 to 8. Here's Sean Payton. Tonight was a game where we certainly played well enough defensively, but offensively, uh, the running game worked. Uh, I thought we blocked them well, but um, from a third down perspective, keeping drives going. You know, we struggled to get anything until you know, really late in the game. I thought we did a lot of good things. Um, just obviously red zone, some third downs. We just didn't execute at a high enough level. Luckily for us, our defense is playing, playing great. So we can go through these growing pains and try to get better and better. But, I, I mean, the talent's there. You can see it in spurts. But we have to learn how to sustain drives, getting down the red zone, score touchdowns, um, and make it easier on our defense to play a little bit more free. Well, how about the Chiefs defense? Because they really frustrated Russell Wilson and the Broncos all night long, holding Wilson to a total of 95 passing yards. And during their five-game win streak, which coincides, of course, with Chris Jones returning to the team in week two, the Chiefs have held their opponents to 13.4 points per game. That's the best mark in the NFL. Props to Jones. He's had a sack in eight consecutive games. RC, the Chiefs have a top Five defense. What's your biggest takeaway from what you saw last night? You know, what I love about the Chiefs is the Chiefs defense have always been the little brother. They had the big brother who was all American, who had muscles, who was attractive, and they were like the little scrawny kid that he brought along the whole time. And now all of a sudden, they didn't hit the weights. They got some braces. They got some acne treatment, and they're the handsome brother as well. And they're carrying the offense. When you look at what they've been able to do defensively this entire year, starting with the Detroit Lions, only giving up 14 points in that game, playing extremely well against the Jacksonville Jaguars, keeping them out of the end zone and totally dominating the Denver Broncos, no matter what they played defensively, whether it was man on the back end or zone or that incredible zone blitz that Steve Spagnola employs, they were absolutely phenomenal in shutting down Russell Wilson. And when you play a bad team, you're supposed to make them look worse. And that's exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs did. Gave them no room to breathe, no hope. And when you see a defense dominate like that, it allows an offense that is finding its identity to take its time getting there. So with your analogy, are we saying that that Kansas City is more like uh, like the offense, like an awkward teenager? Are they kind of in that stage right now, Marcus? Uh, where, do you, where do you see their offense? Well, well, <laughs> yes, well, <I'm> well. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hannah, they, Hannah, yeah. they not a they not an awkward teenager. They Dan. They Dan Orlovsky. They're not an awkward teenager. They Dan. Let them go. Go ahead. I'm not gonna lie. When he was going through the steps, I was like, he's literally describing me as a kid. I wasn't a younger brother to, like, to an you, older brother. When did you reach this level, though, of handsomeness? Uh, when, when I got yesterday. Money. Yesterday. When I got money. Yesterday. Oh man. All right, uh, guys, walk me through this Chiefs You started it. You started it. It's about to be an hour full. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm shocked to say this. I think the Chiefs defense is one of the most physical defenses that I have watched on tape this year. And that's saying a lot because that wasn't the case for a long time under Andy Reid, certainly ever since they've had Patrick. It was a little bit of finesse. The physicality that they play with, and I'm talking all 11. I've talked, this defensive backs group wants to beat you up at the line of scrimmage, and they are violent across the board. And, R.C., you mentioned it. Then they get into those third-down packages, 
And you know, so many defenses use the phrase, well, we want to dictate to you, and they actually don't. This defense actually goes out to dictate to offenses and the physical tone that they set. And then they get into those third down blitz packages. And it's not even the focus in my eyes, guys, of like getting off the field. It almost feels watching the tape of like they're trying to embarrass offenses. And that's really um, a change that you're starting to see under Steve Spagnuolo and Andy Reid with the defense in Kansas City. And wouldn't you rather have your defense in place right now and then work your way up with the offense? So, Swagoo, where do they need to go from here? Obviously, Kelsey, you know, we have that. But beyond Kelsey. I mean, obviously, Travis is the saving grace, right? The rapport that he has with Patrick, obviously, while these guys try to figure it out. If you watched that game last night, Pat had to hold the ball a lot in that game. And I think it's more about these young receivers Mm -hmm. understanding how to move and maneuver in space and free themselves up for Patrick. That that, that doesn't just happen because you do reps in training camp. That is like time on task. And Patrick is good enough, obviously, to make sure that these guys get in advantageous situations. But last night was one of those examples of the Chiefs are close now. They right there. Rishi yeah. Rice is starting mm-hmm. to come on as the guy that can that can be that number two to Travis Kelsey. But I think it's more about these guys understanding when Pat Mahomes starts to improv and get out of the pocket and create those long downs, how they need to uncover and become available for him. Yeah, I mean, you can never give up on any play, right, with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. you got to stay in it. Unfortunately, uh, Justin Watson, by the way, suffered a dislocated elbow Mm. last night in that one. Let's go to the Broncos side Mm. of things, fellas. Last night was the 195th start of Russell Wilson's career. His QBR of, wait for it, 10.1 is the second worst in any of those starts in almost 200 starts. They were held to eight points or fewest in any game that he has started. Marcus, I know there are a plethora of issues. Uh, Listen, their coach, uh, Sean Payton, couldn't remember what down it was. Uh, Made a huge miscue, obviously, (laughs) before the half. But what are the biggest issues you're seeing with this team right now? Like, look at at R.C. just shaking his head, too. Man. Well, well, one, I'm glad – one, I'm glad we started with the ugly Dan that grew up to be a, a pretty good-looking man because <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs defense had a lot to do with how bad Denver looked last night. But when you look at Denver, they look disjointed. The only success that they are having right now is Javante Williams. Sutton dropped a couple passes last night. You think about not getting Jerry Judy involved, Russ throwing picks into coverage. Like, everything and anything that could go bad happened in this game and it's hard to not give Kansas City's defense credit but we talked about Russell Wilson that he had been playing really really well this was not one of his best outings and then the turnovers like we all know uh sitting up here as three former football players when you turn the football over it becomes devastatingly hard to try to win football games especially against a team like Kansas City with Pat Mahomes so The turnovers are an issue. Offense looks disjointed. It's no rhythm to this passing game. Well, it wasn't last night. They've actually shown some signs, but last night was not what we've seen from Russ uh, in previous games. Man, 16 in a row. They are never, ever, 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 ever. (laughs) 
going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, the Broncos also <laughs> continue to shed players. <laughs> so you got, y'all get all the Taylor Swift references now. We've been doing this for weeks. Too many. Right? Uh, Broncos release veteran outside linebacker Frank Clark after he agreed to a restructured deal on Wednesday. Second pass rusher that they have parted ways with. As you know, they traded Randy Gregory to the Niners last week. Clark only appeared in two games with Denver and who knows uh, who else they will part ways with next if the season continues on its current path. Deshaun Watson is out again for the Browns despite the team coming off a bye week. They were hoping he might get better but he will be missing for the second straight game due to a shoulder injury. They're going to host the undefeated 49ers. P.J. Walker's going to get that start after rookie Dorian Thompson-Robinson really struggled uh, for Deshaun in week four. And Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is out this week due to that neck injury for Sunday night's game against the Bills, which means Tyrod Taylor is going to start against his former team. It's still uncertain whether the Giants will have Saquon Barkley as well. He's missed the last three games with that high ankle sprain, limited in practice again this week. So we have Tyrod Taylor, who took the Bills to the playoffs in 2017, and Brian Dable, of course, both of them going against their former teams with Jones out. And he had not been playing well, but how does it affect this matchup? I don't think it changes the Giants' offense that much. Tyrod Taylor and Daniel Jones are relatively similar players. They've both played a ton of snaps in the NFL. Both are very athletic players, guys that want to try to drive the football down the field when the opportunity's there. DJ's been beat up this season, very much so in the last couple weeks. It feels like this has gone from bad to now worse when it comes to the season. They don't have three offensive linemen starter-wise playing in this game. So this is probably... In the long run, a better decision for Daniel Jones because he has been beat up so much this year. But the Giants got to figure some things out on offense. Yeah, get this. The Bills are the heaviest favorites of the week, and they are favored by 15. Yeah, absolutely. 15 at home. All right, on we go. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield have their teams on top of their divisions. Our guys break down how this Lions offense, which is really fun, uh, will keep the Bucks on their toes. Plus... Oh, almost forgot it. Lots of scary matchups happening around the league on Sunday. See, it is Friday the 13th. <sighs> uh, see which wide receiver and DB face-off that RC says is must-see TV. You don't want to miss it. I almost did, though. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
The Sunday NFL Countdown crew has you covered for week six, 10 a.m. Eastern. Scott Van Pelt and the Monday night Countdown crew get you set for Cowboys Chargers. Two-hour pregame starting at 6 Eastern. Both are on ESPN and the app. All right, a pair of former number one overall picks in the limelight on Sunday, Jared Goff and the Lions facing Baker Mayfield oh, and the wow. Fox. Yeah, good matchup. Oh, wow, says Dan. As both have been impressive, Goff ranking fourth in QBR, Mayfield ranks fifth in touchdown to interception ratio. Both of their teams in first place in their respective divisions. Here is Dan Campbell. Had a lot of those uh, third manageables and, and uh, you know, I mean, between Evans and Godwin, you know, they're they're finding creative ways to get those guys open and Baker's uh, making those throws, you know, and moving the chains. Just keep playing every play, man. And and it could be play 14 on the 10-yard line going in that we get one out or we get an interception. I think that's the, that's the most important thing with an opponent like this and the way Baker's playing, the way that, that they're playing the game right now when they win. Love that T-shirt, Salty. And I'll give you some news that could make him a little bit salty. So we have a guard Jonah Jackson's out. Jameer Gibbs is out. Brian Branch is out. Amon Ra uh, St. Brown is playing. Okay. But Sam Laporte is questionable for Ooh. this. So they're, they're clearly banged up. What should yeah. we expect from this offense? Is Ben Johnson the play caller around? Uh, yes, because this is, is. this is one of my favorite Good offenses time. in the NFL to watch. The play-action passing in the situational football is awesome. I think their play-action passing, the way that they displace defenders, is as good as anybody in football. Now, they're going to get to a dagger concept really here, which is this. This is going to be a run-through, okay? And they're going to motion this guy over this way, and then he's going to run the in-route. I want everyone at home to pay attention to these two individual middle linebackers because we're going to try to displace them with our play-action pass. Now, I want you to pay attention to where they are. See where they're aligned right now before this play-action pass happens. Jared Goff's control and ownership of the line of scrimmage is absolutely everything. So the first process is this. Jared is going to open up to his left. We're now trying to impact this linebacker. He opens up this way. We're trying to impact him. We just want him to stay there. Don't move anywhere but essentially there. And the second thing is this. As this play action drop gets, gets going, we have a shallow cross right there. So the play fake to the left, we want you to stay there. When the play fake comes to, or the shallow cross now comes this way, we want that linebacker to move with them. We're trying to displace those individual players. See how this guy is basically where he started. This linebacker is going to run through following the shallow cross, and then that creates that huge void where in the middle of the field for the play action pass. Beautiful job taking a basic concept by Ben Johnson and making sure they attack the proper people. Now the second thing is this. They'll get into their 21 personnel, which is two backs and one tight end. We see the two backs and the one tight end. Now this is not going to try to impact or displace two people. We're really just gonna to try to impact or displace one. The route is just a little what we call a wrap in route. We are only trying to impact that linebacker. Now what we do is we go ball fake right at him. See how this happens? This guy's gonna go right downhill. Here comes the back. This guy has vision linebacker-wise on that. We are just trying to get him to step forward onto that run look. Bang, there's that vacated space in the middle of the field. We got that linebacker to step up. The wrap-in is gonna be absolutely perfect. Ball out on time for Jared Goff. Now this is what I talk about when it comes to situational football. I'm gonna freeze this play right here and I want everyone to pay attention to when they get out of the huddle. The quick snap is something that they excel at. I'm gonna play this real speed. Count for yourself at home. One, two, three, four. Ball gets snapped. 
Okay, so this is why it's so difficult for the defense. This is called a quick snap huddle. You're trying to get the defense to get confused about when the ball is going to get snapped and who. So as we break this huddle, again, we counted for at home. I'm going to slow it down. A couple things to point out. Jared Goff will be the last person to put his hands underneath the center or get set. Jared Goff has, Goff has to do a great job of, hey, everyone's going to be set. We don't want anybody moving. And then when he puts his hands underneath the center, it's go time. Right there, okay, now we're gonna snap the football. Now, this tight end is gonna take one step down and then go to the flat. We are just trying to get this guy to take one step this way because the suddenness of the snap is gonna catch him off guard. He freezes for a second, jab step, ball fake. We haven't outflanked him by a ton, but it's just enough to get us into the end zone. For the, so the, the creativity of the play action pass is absolutely spectacular. And then in that situational football, that quick snap is an absolute weapon for the Detroit Lions offense. Dio, that's that phenomenal, bro. It, it, like the, the play action, obviously, we've talked about with Detroit. I think the other thing that stands out on tape with Jared Goff is the conviction in which he's playing with, man. Yes. Like he's understanding everything that he's seeing. Like you said, a step ahead. But when he's coming off of these play fakes, it's ball out of my hand so quick. Now, that has a lot to do with what Ben Johnson is doing from a play design. But the way he's getting his head around, the way he's dropping these balls in the bread baskets, and then you look at these guys that are running these routes off of this play action, they are winning early and it's getting to them early. I think that's the biggest thing. Like when you talk about defending play action offense yeah. from a defensive perspective, especially as a defensive line, the creation that it, the, the thing that it does is it, it breaks your eyes because yes. all of the things that you're taught on those play fakes is to get downhill and it's all about out leveraging. So it's been, it's been phenomenal to watch the conviction that Jared Goff is playing with is the most um, spectacular thing I've seen from 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 the Detroit Lions, though. <clears throat> and I think Marcus makes a great point about Jared Goff now being a guy that they win games because of. They've played a game without David Montgomery. They've also played a game without Amon Ra St. Brown. And Jared Goff has been able to find ways, whether it's Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, to put the football in the hands of his playmakers. Also, you can add David Montgomery to that. Listen, I was a huge NSYNC fan, and I never got an NSYNC album because I was looking for J.C. Chazez or Joey Fatone or Lance Bass. I bought the album because I wanted to hear Justin Timberlake. And when Justin Timberlake left, I left with him. And so that's what they have now in Jared Goff. You have a Justin Timberlake. You have a guy that can lead you, a guy that can put the football wherever he needs to on the field and understands everything offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is asking for. He's a dude that when he walks on the field, especially in the NFC, you think your quarterback can be the best on the field that day. And that's Jalen Hurts. That's Brock Purdy. That's Matthew Stafford. That's any of these guys that you expect to be around late in the playoffs. Jared Goff is playing just as well, if not better. Totally get the loyalty to Justin Timberlake, by the way. I mean, spot on. It was a reverse flea flicker, though, that did it for me with the Lions. Justifies so, like, a classic. Who are these guys? All right, hey, let's look at our picks <laughs> <laughs> for this game. Guys, we're all on the Lions. Uh-oh. We are all on the We were on the Chiefs last night. We survived. We were on the Chiefs last night. We're yeah, good. Well, that was a little we're good. We're all right. We're all right. Call. Okay. Yeah, this is a good team. We shall it was see. Denver. All right, here's some it good was news. Denver. <laughs> good news for the Bucks, though. Todd Bowles is saying that Mike Evans is a full go for the game against the Lions. He suffered that hamstring injury October 1st at New Orleans. 
helped by that bye week getting healthy. So that is the news via Jenna Lane. All right, still to come, Trevor Lawrence, the Jags look to keep it rolling as the Colts come to town. Dan and Marcus tell us how that offense can keep the London magic going. Limelight is brought to you by Corona Extra. Find the fine life. Live la vida más fina. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Giving Goosebumps is brought to you by the new series Goosebumps, now streaming on Hulu and Disney Plus. Wow, campus looks so creepy there. Uh, one of the matchups to watch in the Seahawks Bengals game on Sunday will be, of course, Jamar Chase against the fabulous rookie cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Both players coming off huge performances in their last game. On Monday Night Football in Week 4, Witherspoon returned that interception 97 yards for a touchdown, and he had a pair of sacks. And Chase just went off last week, finally, racking up 15 receptions, 192 yards, three touchdowns. Now, DK Metcalf spoke about that matchup between the two, and then Chase responded. He's just a great receiver. Um, tip my hat off to him with, you know, what he's done the first three years in the league. Um, so, um, you know, it'll be fun to watch uh, Sunday, but I think it's going to get the best of him. <laughs> uh, but hey, he ain't doing nothing but just praising his teammate, though. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's supposed to do. At the end of the day, it's, it's about game time, representing game time to set it. So he's going to get the opportunity to get his matchups and, and just see who win that matchup. So Chase got a kick out of that. Uh, RC, starting with that matchup between Jamar Chase and Devin Witherspoon. Walk us through some key receiver DB matchups that will be <laughs> giving goosebumps to fans. What I did, what I did <laughs> love about Jamar Chase last week was the way that Brian Callahan moved him around the offense. Whether he was playing on the outside, yeah. we saw him in the slot, even close to the line of scrimmage on naked bootlegs. They found ways to put footballs in his hands and allow him to be a guy that could get yards after the catch, create big plays. But also defensively, Devin Witherspoon is a dude that played outside and inside against the New York Giants. But they're mentioning his name
seem like they don't have Tariq Woolen, like Jamal Adams won't have a part of this matchup as well. Not just one guy can be the guy that stops Jamar Chase. And Sauce and AJ Brown is a matchup I'm looking forward to because last week was the first time we saw Sauce Gardner traveled, and he traveled with Cortland Sutton. And Cortland Sutton <laughs> might as well not have been on the field because he was blanketed the entire day until late in the game. And so when you see what AJ Brown has been able to do the last two weeks, creating explosive plays, yards after the catch against the Rams, I wonder if Sauce can use his length and also understand that his footwork that we saw against smaller receivers can be big against A.J. Brown, who is a dude against the Commanders, went crazy and did the same thing against the Rams. Just trying to get over these, which one I'm supposed these to be talking sound about now. effects that are crazy. All right, what, oh, about, so, what about Debo? <laughs> <laughs> We're all thrown off. When you look at, like, when you're looking at Debo, when you're looking at Debo Samuel and against Denzel Ward, Denzel Ward is a lockdown corner, hundred million dollar corner, but he's not going to be on Debo Samuel. He's going to be on Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is the true number one of the San Francisco 49ers. He's the guy that they move around at the number one positions on the line as the X that absolutely works defenders. So I feel like Denzel has to turn it into a street fight. Use his length, use his speed. His his athleticism, also his physicality to find ways to make this difficult for Brandon Ayuk. As you know, Kyle Shanahan will be trying to free him up. Man, Niners have scored 30 plus points in every game this season. Now that is scary. All right, time for locks and keys where we look at some of the biggest matchups on Sunday, give you an absolute lock for one thing, and then a key to each game. Second matchup of the week with the teams with winning records, both coming in at three and two, the Colts visiting their division rival Jacksonville, which has won eight straight at home against Indy. Anthony Richardson on IR with that AC joint injury, leaving Gardner Minshew at quarterback, making his first start against the team that drafted him. Jags, we saw them turn it around in London with back-to-back -back wins. So, Dan, what is something you think is a total lock in this one? The, the Colts' defensive backs will have to tackle well versus Travis Etienne. One, Jacksonville is a very good running football team. Two, one of the main things that they try to do scheme-wise is get their back on the unblocked defender, usually a second guy. And three, this guy, Travis Etienne, is one of the hardest tackles in all of football. Marcus, what's the key? Yeah, for Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley to continue the rapport that they built across the pond, but also critical downs. We saw them convert third downs time after time, and when big plays needed to be made, Calvin Ridley was who Trevor Lawrence looked for. So I think that's one of the keys to this Jacksonville offense continuing to be explosive and also opening up some lanes for Travis Etienne out of the backfield like Dan just talked about. If you look at the picks, I don't know, tell me how scary this is, somebody. We're all on the Jags. Oof. Oof, that bad? That's Ooh, the Gardner Minshew Bowl. I know, yeah, I know. Guys, sometimes the film, the film says what it says, and we have to make our pick we on do. the film. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. The we boys do. went to London and got right, and they're gonna bring it back to the mainland. Don't <laughs> right. Meanwhile, it's the Commanders good. at the Falcons featuring a meeting of the two quarterbacks taken in the 2022 draft. That would be Desmond Ritter and Sam Howell. Washington won three uh, with three straight losses. They've allowed 30-plus points in three straight games. He's sacked an NFL high 29 times. Ritter, this is so weird. He's 5-0 at home, 31 at home, including college. Marcus, uh, what do you see as a stone-cold lock here? Yeah, I think it's a lock that this Washington Commanders defensive line will get to Desmond Ritter at least three times in this game. They are big. They are physical. 
and they can push the pocket with Payne and Allen from the center. And it seems like Chase Young is trying to get back to being his old self. All right, Tano, what's the key? The Washington secondary versus the size of Atlanta's perimeter players. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, they're six foot four, six foot three. Just the ability for that offense to take one-on-one -on -one shots against the secondary that really struggled last week in one-on-one -on -one football versus players like DJ Moore, that's going to be a huge key in this football game. We are all on the Falcons in this one, which means Desmond Ritter in his career theoretically would go 32-0 at home. Isn't that crazy? Including college. college. Yeah, of course, including yeah. college. Yeah. He's never college lost at home. As well, yeah. But he's never lost a home game ever. That's all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. You know what they say about playing in Cincinnati and Atlanta? <laughs> right. what I don't that? actually know what they say. No greater home I don't, I don't know what they say. Hey, speaking of, <laughs> but you know what, they say. what does this mean for him in fantasy? Uh, we're sticking with AI-generated fantasy. Lot of Atlanta, the day of the game. Fly to Atlanta, the day of the game. Letting me read my IBM fantasy <laughs> insights Sorry, here. Sorry. Get a, Sorry. a high projection of um, 20.8 fantasy points, eighth among running backs. But I, That's it? I couldn't get a chance to say that because we're having a little Friday the 13th moment here. We're just talking. We blame all Marcus the, in that great. We, I'm, just, I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to. Freaky I'm just trying Friday. to tell it. I'm trying I to tell teams to like fly in that, fly in Atlanta on Sunday. Just fly in Atlanta the morning of the game. That's all I'm trying to do. Okay, to okay, okay. I'm really I'm so glad you got that in instead of a sponsored element in the show. That was really important. All right, coming up, the Ravens and the Titans face each other across the pond in an AFC showdown. Dan is going to break down what this Ravens D needs to do to slow down the Titans offense. <laughs> Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. October 14th, Oregon and Washington is a brawl. This is the opportunity I think that they've really waited for. It's going to be an awesome scene in Seattle. Top 10 showdown, Oregon, Washington getting underway in the dark there. 9 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. And Pete Thamel told me that 32 NFL scouts from 20 different teams are going to be there. Yeah, it is going to be great. So much talent offensively, especially on both teams. Uh, new on NFL Live, this is from Shefty. The Eagles have ruled out Jalen Carter and Darius Slay for their game 
against the Jets on Sunday. So that just in mm. from Adam Schefter. As we move to the third international game of the season featuring the Ravens and the Titans from London, the Ravens left Monday morning opting to spend the week across the pond. The Titans traveled overnight. They practiced today. Same strategy that the Bills used unsuccessfully. Uh, here's more on the adjustments from Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I don't think there's a... Uh any magic magic trick or anything that you can do to uh, to snap into uh, a different time zone, especially this big of a gap. Um, but you know, came came across last night on the flight. Tried to get as much sleep as we could on the flight. Hit the ground running today. Um, stay awake throughout the day and just try to you know reset the clock tonight by getting a good night's rest. I've done this trip this same way you know several times now. So um, it's the only way I know. And and I think. Uh, just based on how we responded today, the energy we had, the practice that we had going out of practice, um, executing the way we did, that we're, we're going to be in a good position to go play good football and win on Sunday. Yeah, it didn't work for the Bills. They didn't even wake up last Sunday. But, RC, let's talk about the Ravens, who blew that 10-0 lead in Pittsburgh last week, a game that we were all wrong on. Uh, how should the Ravens attack that Titans defense? Well, first of all, over there, Lamar is going to be Lamar. And if anybody knows, that's part of my offseason quarterback name, Roussel Lamar Mahomes Jr. Jr. And so I know what it's like to have to go across the pond, man, and play ball. And when you look at this offense, go back to last week to watch the Tennessee Titans. Zach Moss lost his mind. He just kept hitting his head on the goalpost because they couldn't stop him from getting in the end zone. And also, Joshua Downs, North Carolina rookie, yeah. was great in the slot. Whether it was crossers or catching the football downfield. You know who plays the slot for the Baltimore Ravens? Zay Flowers. You know who needs to make amends for having a bad week against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Zay Flowers. You know who has a great connection with Lamar Jackson? Zay Flowers. So this could be a big game for Gus Hill, just I mean for Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, and Lamar Jackson to get the run game going for Todd Munkin that will create opportunities in the play action pass. And I don't expect the receivers of the Ravens to play as badly this week as they did last. This is a get-right game for this Baltimore Ravens offense. What was that name again? Lamar well, Roussel Jackson Roussel. Jr. Jr. <laughs> it's, yeah. No, it's Roussel Lamar Mahomes Jr. Jr. Yeah, there was a Mahomes in there. I'm, were, I'm basically like... How could you forget? Like a Swag mixture of black quarterbacks. Swagoo. <laughs> but I'm French. <laughs> 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 Ooh la la. Okay. Uh, laugh, yo. I don't know what's in that, like, Smoothie King what's smoothie that, laugh, that you're yo. drinking there. Oh, <laughs> RC, but. It's so good. Okay, okay. All right, Swag you gonna, save us. Yes. You're going to have to drop Roussel pretty soon. You're going to have to drop Roussel pretty soon. Uh, here, here's the thing, That's guys. why I, I know. I don't know who this is. <laughs> here's the thing, guys. This, this, is, what, this is what TV yeah. is. With Dan Orlowski, RC, and Hannah Storm on a Friday. I literally don't have an analysis because Ryan said everything that the Baltimore Ravens need to do. I don't have one. I know I get paid to sit up here for an hour and talk about it. I don't have an analysis. Outside of Lamar Jackson using his legs when he gets pressure in the center of the pocket, that's about all I got, man. I don't think the receivers are going to drop six passes. I don't think he's going to throw a red zone interception this week. Like, correct those things from last week and move on. As we will move on. Go, Dan. Mm -hmm. I, I think I need to wear waterproof mascara on, yeah. it, on this show. Me too. Uh, you too. Uh, what does the Ravens D need to do in this one? Roussel, Lamar, uh, Ravens Mahomes. defensively. Patrick Queen, they're, they're over in, in 
London, so that's perfect here to Queen. They have to, okay. one, stop the second-level play-action pass, and two, stop Spears, not Marcus. So, first of all, the only thing that Tennessee really Tied does eight. offensively, consistently, is the play-action pass right now. Now, they're good at it, and that's really been the story since ever Ryan Tannehill came over there. It's like, they're pretty good at it. And if you take it too lightly and just think you're going to show up, they'll gut you consistently in that intermediate world of 10 to 15 yards. And then Spears is their the only guy I feel on their offense that has that home run ability, that big play ability, that change of pace, like speed and burst ability. This is a really good Ravens defense. But they will be tested by the consistency of how well Tennessee can execute the play action. And then three or four times a game, they try some different ways or non-characteristic ways to try to get Spears to football. Reverses, uh, screens, yep. dump the ball off to mm-hmm. him. Just try to get him because he's such a different speed for their offense. Mm-hmm. That really good defense has got to be very disciplined this weekend. Here's the other good news. They're getting healthier. Seven of eight players who are on the injury report are full participant in practice. So that is great to hear from today. Taking a look at our picks, we once again, I don't know if this is like a Friday the 13th thing, we are all on the Smart Raven. people. Good. What? Smart people. Not mad about yeah. it. Smart people. Not mad about it. Always we're right. right. Always I'm right. I'm winning all my pools. And, it, and if we're wrong, we're going to be all wrong together, which is really nice. We're good. It's good to think we're about. We're good. All together. right. Together. Up next, this Cowboys offense looks to get back on track after a disappointing show last week against the Niners. Swagoo tells us uh, who Dak and this offense need to look for to come away with a win this week. Well, Monday night football should be a really good one. Justin Herbert and the Chargers hosting Dak and the Cowboys, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Deportes. And in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, the ESPN Deportes telecast has Rebecca Landa on the call. How cool is that? That is going to air on ESPN2. It has been a slow start for Dak Prescott, who ranks 25th in the NFL in yards per attempt. He has only thrown five touchdowns, and he's been picked off four times. Both of those marks are his worst through the five games of a season in his career. Dak, very feisty today. Take a listen. I'm confident as hell. I feel great. You like what you're doing? I mean, obviously, I don't like what we did Sunday um, by any means, but as I said, that was us not converting on third downs, allowing us to extend drives and three and out, three and out, turnover, turnover, turnover. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get blown out like that in this league, and that's why as humbling as it was, didn't see that. We didn't answer the response of those, their physicality, and uh, but but what we've put together, what the plan, everything that we've worked on back to this, back in the spring, I'd be crazy to, to lose confidence in that, understanding all the work that we've put into this. Uh, hard and it got hard Sunday and the last thing we're gonna do is give up and quit or or say hell let's let's scratch from start from scratch and start over um absolutely not gotta love the attitude a swagoo what are the biggest issues though that you are seeing with this offense with McCarthy calling the plays instead of Callum Moore is going to be on the other side this weekend I think they ain't gonna remember this and RC potentially uh you, you remember years ago D.O. I was so pissed off at Lombardi in San Diego for always standing Justin Herbert in the center of the pocket. Yep. That's what Mike McCarthy is doing with Dak Prescott. There is no nuance. 
to this to this yeah. game. It, it almost seemed like against San Francisco, one, he abandoned the run early. Tony Pollard only had eight carries. I don't know how you think you can become one-dimensional and beat the San Francisco 49ers. But with that being said, man, Dan has talked about this. RC has talked about this. We've had discussion after discussion about play action in the NFL now and what it means to have a quarterback under center, what it means to give those action fakes um, in the on the back end, what it means to have motion. This is a stagnant offense right now. And when I went back and looked at the 49ers game, it was super stagnant, super yep. predictable. And there was no there was nothing to confuse the defense outside of one motion from Turpin that turned into a touchdown. I'm going to be honest. You know, like something I really hate in life. I love movies and like TV series. I hate when they take a foreign TV. And then they just put the words of English people over the mouths of like foreign words. And so the people are like talking and it's like, I'm going home. I really hate that. You know what I hate more than that? Watching the Cowboys offense. The Cowboy offense is like watching a foreign TV series that they just made English. When... There is no nuance to it, like Marcus says, but the, cre the lack of creativity is making them worse players. Dak Prescott now looks like last year's Russell Wilson's little brother when he's playing. He doesn't have any excitement. And then he throws these interceptions, and he looks to the sideline like it was somebody else's arm. No, that's you. Oh my God. That's you that threw that ball. That's you. And so what Mike McCarthy needs to figure out a way to do is put some energy into this offense by creativity, by movement, by changing the launch part point, getting the ball in Tony Pollard's hand in a different spot. And if they don't do that, this team won't win a playoff game. That has to change. It has about as much creativity as Russell Wilson offense right now now if the Chargers are going to win this one that's true that, it's just a fact uh, what are the most important things Dano they need to do on offense the Chargers? <laughs> we, we got to get you some better movies RC we got to get you like a Netflix account or something or a Disney Plus account um, I, I think there's the, the big challenge in this game is their defense against a good Chargers offense Justin Herbert's playing really good football they yeah. can run the football out of 12 personnel so that's going to be a big deal especially with Leighton Vanderush potentially out Two, he gets the ball out really quick. We know Justin Herbert does not get hung on number one, number two, mm -hmm. his progression. So can Micah have an impact? And then three, if you've watched, like this guy has had five or six plays where you don't get him to the ground. He's almost like Big Ben in that regard. When they get there, you better find a way to get him to the ground because he is a big, powerful dude. And if you don't, he makes big-time plays after he gets away. We are all on the Cowboys in this one by four. And really, after all of that, RC, you have the Cowboys scoring 31 points in this, this one. This one makes me nervous. I just be making stuff up sometimes, Hannah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I think know. I'm right. I might not be right. The truth is out. <laughs> so what? That's they don't it. pay We're me to pick games. It up. I don't do a betting show. Monday and 4 Eastern on ESPN. That was Friday the 13th right there. That was. That was a good